So let's get into the word. You ready for the word today? We're in a series called Made, and today my sermon title is The Force of Creation. What if I said to you in the beginning of this sermon what I want to say in the end, and that is this. Everything you are is already in you. Everything you have is already in you. Everything you're praying for has already been established. Everything you think you're missing, you're swimming in it right now. All your hopes are settled. It was all made for you before you were made. You being here right now means it already exists. So if we're not trying to be something or trying to get something or trying to make something happen, what is the realization that we need to have in our hearts today? That there is a force called creation that we need to understand. That when God made you, you didn't just come because he had an imagination. You came with intent. And that intent is a force behind you now. It is a force within you. It is a force behind you. And it is a force in front of you. Any and everything that you think slipped through your fingers, every mistake, everything that went wrong, Everyone that walked out of your life didn't see your worth. Every people, every person you walked out of their life, all the mistakes of your path, nothing has nothing to do with how God made you and created you. <laughs> wow. We can go have lunch then. <laughs> the scripture says in Genesis 1:26. Here's here's how God's glorious kingdom works. And your family needs to know. The children need to know your aunts, your uncles, everyone needs to know this. He said, then God said, let us make man. Why don't you read it with me? Then, then God said, let us make man in our image according to And let them have over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over Here's the next verse that can get us confused. The next verse simply says, what did God do? He, so God, and he now created man. Next verse, go to 27. And he created man. He didn't just make him, he created him. There's a difference between being made and being created. There's a difference between being made and being created. So when God made us, we need to understand these words. So now I, I want to read it from a different translation. I want to go to uh, the Message Bible, the Message Bible, and let's read it from there. All right? Oh, there it is. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. Y'all read that? Okay. Let's go to the Message Bible. Let's read it together. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself and every animal that moves upon the face of the earth. So he made man in verse 26. Uh, 27, read it. God created human beings, he created them God-like, reflecting God's nature, he created them, he created them, one more time, he created them, it was amazing to me yesterday, I was at the bank talking to one of the bankers about, about business, and she, we got into this conversation about church. She didn't know me. I didn't know her. She says, interesting, I, uh, uh, the other lady used to work with, she goes with a different, to a different church, and she was inviting me to leave my church and come to her church. I said, yeah, that's always interesting. You and your husband just need to pray about it. She said, well, I have these views. And I'm like, what are your views? One of her views was, she said, I really need to understand where women fit in ministry. And I said, oh, this is going to be good right here. I want to understand where women fit in ministry. I'm like, what do you mean? She said, before I go to a church, I just want to know how important I am to God and to the church I'm going to. I said, tell me your views. 
She says, well, my views are very interesting about women. She says, I married a man, and when I married him, I married him. She said, I married him, and I said, I'm going to marry you, and I believe you're the leader of our home. So I'm going to submit to you in our house. Whatever you say, do, as long as I believe you've prayed, I'm going to say yes to it. Women are like, hmm, for real. She said, yes. I said, wow, that's interesting. Really? I said, so what do you, she said, I'm going to raise our children. She was pregnant. At, uh, uh, she's pregnant. She said, I'm going to have this baby. I'm going to raise our children, but I want our husband to lead our home. So that's wonderful. I said, but you, you were talking about women in ministry. So I was, I was like, what's coming next? She says, well, I just believe that women should have a place in ministry, that they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be put up or put down because of their sex that they should have a voice, that they should be able to operate in church. Women can be pastors. Women can be leaders. And I was like, oh, praise the name of Jesus. I thought we were going to get into this place. So she was like, she understood. And then I quoted this verse to her, and she said, I've never read it. She had never read the verse that said, and God created them male and female. She said, I just never, I just, I never saw that. And I said, but that's what you're saying. You're saying that you are created maybe with different responsibilities, but with the same anointing and the same power, the same calling. And I know, I know, I know everyone doesn't necessarily believe that, but that's okay. It's the Bible. So, so here we go. So when God said, God said these words as he's talking to them, he said, let, I want to explain all these words to you because I want you to understand the force of the power of all these words. When God says let, the best example I can give you is when your mother or your father or you're a mom or a dad and you go to your children's room and there's funny noises and funny smells coming from the room, but the door is closed. Their door is closed in your house. Their door is closed in your house. You walk up to the room. You might knock, but you first, now in my house, I don't knock. I open the door, but fortunately, fortunately, we put locks on our doors in all our homes as long as we've been living. And when I walk up to my child's door and it's not unlocked, now I'm really suspicious. Strange noises, strange feeling, or quiet. The worst times is when it's quiet in the room. So when I say let me in, I'm not, when I say let me in, I'm not asking you to let me in once you stop doing what you're doing, when it's convenient or when you think it's right to let me in. I'm not talking about your privacy. Don't really care about your privacy. It's not your room. It's my room. Well, that's what it means with God. When God says let, he's saying remove all limitations from me doing what I want to do. So when God said, when, if you, okay, when you walk up to your child's room, because some of y'all not getting me, when you walk up to your child's room and you say let me in, what do you mean? Are you expecting a, ne- a negotiation series here? Are we negotiating? Well, maybe we should. Maybe we should negotiate. Well, let me ask you this, Mom. How long would you negotiate? This is my issue. So if you're not going to negotiate very long, don't negotiate at all. Let it be known in your house. When you say let me in, you mean let me in. You mean drop everything, remove all limitations, and let Mama up in this house. Right? When you say to your son, I told you not to go over such and so's house because things happen over there you don't know about. So let me have the keys. Well, daddy, it's my car. No, it ain't your car. It's my car. I'm on the insurance. I'm on all everything. So I say, let me have it. Now, if you don't put the keys in my hand. (laughs) See, see, if you don't, psychosis takes over in a father's head. He kind of loses his mind. He feels like on the Serengeti he's being challenged. And there are going to be issues here. Even if you're bigger, stronger, and younger, at the end of the day, you're going to lose this battle because old lions don't know how to lose. Put the key, let me have them. You let me have them, we're good, we're cool. God is saying, let us, forget what's next. Whatever is coming next, God is saying to everything he created, let us. He says, don't give me any problems with what I'm getting ready to do. Don't stop me. Don't hinder me. I am limitless in my power. So whatever comes after let has to happen. 
If God ever walks up into your life and said, I'm saying to you, I'm saying, let you be free, become free, become wealthy, become healthy. When God speaks, there are now no more limitations. They are all gone because everything he's talking to was created by him. So whatever comes after let, now they say, the scholars say, us is not in the canon, the word us. It's, it's, it's not in the original canon. If you, if, you, if you study this, you can go to Google or whatever you want to do, and you can ask, is us in the original canon? Most of them say us is not there. So why would we say a word us and it's not original? Simply we say us because if the person that spoke let is limitless, it could only be God. So us is put, us is put, when, when they say, when he said let us, us is presumed it means God. It's presumed. Because the Hebrew word for let in here means no limitations. Nothing hindering. So God is saying it's presumed that only God is limitless in power. So when he said let, <laughs> us is obviously thought of. It's him. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Now what we got, we got a limitless God saying that he's getting ready to do something. Let us. The next word, the next word is make. Limitless God is now going to make something. Make in this particular scripture, is this okay with you? Make simply means to bring something new out of something that already exists. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take what I've already built on the earth, in particular dirt and water and everything else, and I'm going to make something. I'm going to bring out of what's already here something. He said, let us make man. So this scripture is about your body. It's about everything that's here. Now God's going to take the dust of the earth and he's going to make you. If you understand what I just said, you will not accept a life of poverty. Can I segue? Do you understand how God made you and what he made you from? What did he make you from? What did, no, what did he make your body from? What? See, some people are saying dirt and some are saying dust. Which was it? We agree? Dust. Dust is different from dirt. See, you are looking for stuff you already got. Okay. 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 We got farmers in here. If we went to the farmer, if we went to the farmer outside your yard and we put a shovel in the ground, we pull up dust. I mean, we pull up dirt. It is material. But where's the dirt? Where's the dirt that you pull up from your yard? Where's it from? Most of it is from Nebraska, the rivers and all the settlements of the thousands of millions of years here. You're going to make a movie about it, aren't you? But you're not made from dirt. Okay, any scientists in the room? The scientists in this room can go to your car right now and swab the hood with their finger and put it under a microscope. Do you know what they'll find in the dust? You're not ready. I know you're not ready. What is it, Pastor? Do you know what they were finding in the dust? Talk to me. Literally, in that dust, they would find China, Europe, Africa, gold, silver, oil, diamonds. You're not even ready. When God decided to make you, he built the earth. 
put it all together. I mean, trees and everything, diamonds, Regenesis 2, can't do that today. He put all that there. Then he stood back and he said, now I'm getting ready to make something. I'm going to make a body. But I got to make the body because it's got to be like me now. It can't be, it can't just be from this particular spot. It has to be the earth. So he stood back from the earth and blew on it. (sighs) Blew on the whole earth. And the dust that was collected, he collected it. He built Adam. Adam is Africa. Adam is China. Adam is gold. Do you know? Did you know you have gold in your body? Are there any scientists in the room who know I'm telling the truth? Stand on your feet because they think I'm crazy. Anybody in the room that know I'm telling the truth? Don't nobody know I'm telling the truth? Oh, no, we're going to take care of this right now. Google it right now. Is there gold in the human body? No, Google it. Ask, ask Google if y'all don't trust me. People say, that's all right. Uh-uh, no, no, no. Because they looking at me, they're like, hmm, right. There's gold in my body. This guy has gone cuckoo. Is it true? Hold up your phone. Let it preach. Hold up your phone. Let it preach. Everybody, come on. Let's do a concert. It's true. There is gold in your body. There's oil in your body. There's diamonds in your body. There's everything in your body. You are rich and you looking for money. You are the money. Stop looking outside for what's already inside. Well, they got all these programs to make people poor. Ain't nobody got no program to make you poor. The program that makes you poor is in between your ears. I'm going to tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. Ain't nobody in control of you. Ain't nobody in control of your life. God made you. He made you of the earth. You are everything. You can go anywhere you want to go. You can own land in every country. You can drive what you want. It's up to you. Okay, so us, let me get back because I wasn't supposed to do all that. But if there are some people in the room that will just stand on your feet and say, shoot, I was born rich. I might not know it, but I was. Give your neighbor a high five even if they don't want one. Make them put their hand up in there. Make them put their hand up in the air. And ask them, do you hear what he's saying up there? Do you hear what, do you hear, do you hear what that brother is talking about up there? Stop looking, shout it, stop looking on the outside for what's on the inside. It's inside you. A limitless God made you, which makes you limitless. And if you watch my twisted mind, most human beings, our twisted mind wants to make everybody lower than us so we can feel important. But there's no need for that. How can you suppress the God in you or suppress the God in me? I am him. Look at your name and say, hey, cousin. Because the next word, I'm sorry to tell you all this, but the next word is man. <laughs> I'm going to bring out of what I've already made, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a man. Which means mankind, human race, a species. And you know what I'm going to do with this man? I'm going to make one of him. And I'm going to put everybody in him. I'm not going back to the dirt. I blew once. I got a man. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to put every man on the planet in him. I'm not going to make another body. I made this man limitless. He's limitless. He can create Whatever he imagines. He can do what's in his heart. 
Am I yelling and screaming? <laughs> Every time I say something, some of y'all go, ooh, it's cringy. Turn that down. Turn that down. <laughs> he is going to be like me, but he's going to be man. So God took you, my cousin, and me, my cousin, and he put us all in Adam. He put everybody in one body. But now we're stuck in one body. Billions, trillions of people stuck in one body. And we can't dare, because I'm God, I can't give my seed to an elephant. It won't work. I can't give my seed to a dog. I can't give my seed to anything. I got to have someone that's going to be made like me. Whether we stand, sit, or turn upside down, it needs to fit. Pastor. Family series is next. I'll stay right here. It has to fit and it needs to be able to create after its own kind without science. I'm trying to figure out how I, I'll just leave that. So, and I can't allow the man to give his seed to a woman who's not also God. Because if, I, if, I, if, if, if I'm a God man, if I'm made in the God class, and I give my seed to a woman that's not acting like and feeling like and knowing like she's in the God class, I'm going to have mixed babies. Pastor, whoa. Okay, all right, all right. I'm not going to be politically correct. That's not what AWC stands for. I'm going to have a baby that's mixed with a man that's supposed to be godly and a woman that doesn't understand God-like. I'm going to end up with children who are confused in their minds. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So this woman can't just be fine and good-looking. She needs to be that for you, brother, because that's how you work. Okay, that's how your, your, your eyes, because if she ain't fine, you're not going to see her. She needs to be attractive to you. Forget everybody else. But when you're attracted to her and you marry her, now you are building what God wants. Because in her, your seed comes. And when the seed comes out, it's God, it's man. So God has to now create her in his image too. She is in his image. She's just like God. There is no female and male Holy Spirit. How would the male Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit act if it was male? I mean the man Holy Spirit. How would he walk? The man Holy Spirit. Two separate ones. You got the man Holy Spirit and you got the female Holy Spirit, right? Huh? There is no two Holy Ghostesses. There is one Holy Spirit called God. And that same Holy Spirit that's in me is the same Holy Spirit that's in my wife. And if you're smart, my brother, you would never slap God. Something wrong with you in the head. That woman can be in your face. Slapping you, if she don't realize it, you have to step back and say, I honor the God in you, girl. I honor the God in you. Now come back to yourself, sweetie. Come back to yourself. Now you're losing your mind. You're out there on the edge. Come on back. How you going to hit God in the face? How you going to cuss out God? 
What's, what's wrong with that? When you're with your wife, you're with God. Now, sister, he is God too. He is not as smart as you. He wasn't supposed to be. Well, my husband's just simple. Listen, girl, you want a simple man? Well, he don't see everything. You need to be glad he don't see everything. You want that man to only see you. You don't want him seeing everything. No, no. You want him. <laughs> Y'all not hear me this morning. You want him to come home. You want him to ignore everybody at the elevator, water cooler, uh, 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 Coke machine, uh, restaurant, uh, uh, store. You want him to ignore the lady. you like, did you see her wink at you? No, I didn't see it. You better be glad he don't see people winking at him. Well, you should have seen that. You should have seen the waitress winking at you and trying to get close to you. You don't want him to notice. He get distracted. It's an issue. He's simple. You want him to drive by every house on his way home. And all he can see, he don't see no houses. He said, I'm going home. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm going home. Hey, you want to go? No, nah, I'm going home. That's where I'm going. I'm going home. Well, you could come and, no, nah, you suckers done lost your wife. Why would I come hang out with you at happy hour? <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. I'm not coming to hang out with you. You ain't got nobody at home. She done took the children, and you want me to come have a drink. You lost your mind. I'm going home. Well, is your wife happy? I don't care if she's happy, mad, or pissed off. I'm going home. I know. Get back to the scripture. <laughs> Stop, Damon. Stop. There are people who are nervous in here. They're like, why y'all be up talking all this emotionalism in church? Y'all don't just sit down and let the man teach. That's what this church is. You can find a lot of quiet ones when nobody want to say anything. That's not what we're doing up in here. We're talking about it the way it is. Okay, so anyway. So when I'm with my wife, we are, we are, we are power twins. We are, we are, what you, what you, I mean, what you, what, I mean, what you want to call it? We superhero. We are like uh, uh, we're Superman and Wonder Woman. And we don't need nobody. We don't really need nobody. We may think we need people, but whatever we produce, if everybody leaves us, Adam and Eve can start over. Come here, girl. We got to start over. Whatever we gave birth to and we lost, we can do it again. Brother, if you're looking for a good wife, Look for a girl that wants to reproduce something. Somebody that knows how to stand in relationship with God. A girl that knows how to be God when nothing else is going right. I am moving on. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. And if you're looking for a good man, girl, he may not have teeth or an afro. He may not know how to dress. Listen, let me tell you something right now. We got some people in here who can give him an afro or a fade, extensions. We got some people in here who can give him some teeth. But find a man of character who knows how to stand in the middle of the darkness, in the middle of everything that's going wrong, and he comes home. Find a man that's not ready to run when things get bad. Not ready to give up because people are leaving. A man that when you don't feel good about yourself, he comes home and he says, hey, baby, how you doing? Well, I don't feel good today. 
And the next time you see him, he walk up in the bedroom. I did this to my wife. I walked up in the bedroom. We just, y'all sit down. We had been married long. She wasn't feeling well. So because she wasn't feeling well, I went in the bathroom and got me some powder. I put some powder on my knees and on my elbows and on my face. And I walked in. I said, well, if you're sick, I'm sick too. I mean, we're going to be sick together. No, I know they're having a party over where you're working. You're responsible for those employees. You need to go. I said, no. <coughs> no, I'm going to stay right here. Wherever you is, is where I'm going to be. Because I'm God. I will never leave you. Is there a husband in here that say, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Now, women, that man right there, you make sure you cook him some butter beans or some, some cornbread or some menudo, whatever he like. Because that brother don't have to come home. I am way off my subject. Next word is create. Visitors are like, Lord Jesus, is this every Sunday? No, we're usually calmer. calmer. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to create. I've made your body. You are the world. We are the world. I've created your body, and I put the whole world in you. The whole world in you. I want to visit China. Go in your imagination because it's in you. I'm serious. Wherever you want to go, you go. Obey the rules of that country now. That country has rules, but go. Enjoy the earth. It's all yours. But now I'm going to create. Create is different from making. Create means I'm going to bring something new into existence that doesn't exist yet. We don't even know what it looks like or feels like. When I'm going to create something, if I'm going to create a masterpiece, it's not a masterpiece if there are two. If I'm doing a painting and it's going to be a masterpiece, once I find out there are duplicates, it loses its value. So what God has to do, can you imagine this? He has to make billions of women He had to make billions of women who look different, but the same spirit of God in them. And billions, if not trillions of men with different bodies, different looks, but they all got God in them. And he put all those beings in one body, Adam. So now, All of us are new creatures. The God in me acts different from the God in you. The God in you is different from the God in others who are sitting here. We all have God in us, but we see life differently. We react to life differently. We create differently. We're all God-like, but we never existed before. See, look at the person next to you. Could the world handle two of that for real? (laughs) Now, if you sit next to your mom or dad, don't mess this one up. Especially your wife. Don't mess this one up. But the truth is, we can only really take one of you. You is enough. You are enough. Okay. You are enough. I was in the boat with the alligator hunter, and he was talking, and uh, Greg was with me. Greg's from Mississippi, too. So both of us, I knew what he was thinking. We were smiling at one another, and we were just saying, it's so beautiful to just hear people talk like this. 
Let me tell you what I'm going to do. You should just bull over the boy. You better get this. It's like we understood what they were saying. <laughs> then the, boat, the captain said, that's how God made us. He's saying that's how God God makes us in all different types of ways. So now we have the male man, the female man. When they come together, they make another man, and God never has to show up. All of your children whether they're serving God or not now, they are like him. Don't worry about it. They'll come back to him. Your father, your mother, your nieces, your nephews, those who are struggling, they'll come back to God because they are God. He doesn't leave them because they sin. He can't extract himself now. I am like him. It doesn't mean I look like him. It means my character is like him. I'm in his image. It doesn't mean when I look at the mirror, when people look in the mirror, they see God in me. It just means I operate like him. So I'm like him in character. I'm like him in imagination. However, he creates his world is the way I have to create my world. I can't step outside of that or I never get what I want. The only way I get what I'm dreaming and imagining is if I act like the God in me. I'm spirit, soul, and body. <clears throat> my spirit is all God. It don't need to be saved. Lord, save my spirit. It's always saved. My soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my decision-making properties, I have to possess that. That can get saved, and it needs to get saved. I need to give that to God, how I think, how I reason, how I make decisions. I need to make him Lord of my life. My body ain't, no, ain't going to ever be saved. That's why in the end, that's going to deteriorate. But your spirit nor your soul will ever deteriorate. It's permanent. Your spirit goes to God, and depending upon how you lived and whether you received him as Lord and Savior, your soul goes to him too. If you don't live that way, your soul goes somewhere else where it's tormented forever, according to Scripture. Amen? Amen. Am I making sense? Yes, sir. So now, listen to this. Creation is a force. It's a force. Everything I just explained, it didn't just happen to you. It's happening inside you right now. Let me explain. Right now where you sit, once you were created, everything in God's world that was looking for you is now looking for you. It was created for you before, but as soon as you were born, it starts to look for you. I'm going to prove it in Scripture. You're not really looking for anything. You simply need to be faithful or magnetic. Faith-filled. Everything you desired is now desiring you ever since the day you were born. Since the day you were born. The world started looking for you. It's a force, creation, that I just described, is a force that's inside you, pushing you into what you just think of dreams. Because everything you were designed to do, have, experience was created for you before, before your body was made. Worry is saying, I don't trust God 
to bring it to pass. That's worry. And when you start trusting yourself, it is guaranteed to run from you. Can I tell you something? When you chase stuff, it runs from you. But when you simply submit to what God, God grant me serenity to change the things I can and to not train to change the things I can. Wisdom to know the difference. Let me accept this world the way it is and not how I hope it would be. Understanding that if I submit to your will, <laughs> if I submit to your will, everything I'm looking for will come to me. That's how it works. So, so here's the perfect scripture. And I want us to read it together. So, so put in your notes, uh, Psalms 139. Psalms 139. I want to see if you can read this and what you see and feel when you read it. Because there are at least 10 of you today sitting in here that's going to say, you know what? That's new. That hit my heart today. I, I want that in my life. I want the realization of that. Whether you're receiving Christ for the first time or you are giving yourself to him again, you're recommitting your life. And some of you are simply going to say, that revelation hit me. I've read it. I've heard it. But it hit me today, and I get it, and I want that life. Watch this now. Read with me. God investigate my life come on I'm an open book to you come on even from a distance even from a distance you know what I'm thinking why he's going to tell us in a minute go ahead I am never say it I am Never, not one moment, in my dirtiest, loneliest times, I am never out of his sight. Never. Keep reading. I look behind me, you're there. <laughs> Come on. It's too much for me. I can't take it all in. When I go ahead of me, David said, you're there. I go behind me, you're there. No matter where I go, you're there. You're there before I get there. You're there before I get there. So why am I going someplace and, and looking for God when I get there? He is sending me there, and I'm going because he's there. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Next one. Come on. Is there any place to be out? Come on. Come on. You'd find me in a minute. If I went and made my bed in hell, you could find me in a minute. Why? You're already in hell before I get there. Lord Jesus, Martin done made another mistake. Let me go down here. Let me get ahead of him. Let me make sure when he gets into this spot, when he gets into this place where things don't look good, that I can remind him that I am here and he doesn't take his own life. Let me be there when she gets there so that when everybody walks away from her, and says you never should have made that mistake. I want to be there when she gets there. So I'll say to her, just stay with me. Stick with me. Stick with me. You're fine. You're fine. You didn't need them anyway. You didn't need them to believe in you anyway. So God shows up and when you get there, he's already there. God, why would you come to this place? Because you're here. If you got here before I came, that means you knew I was coming. 
and you knew I was coming here and you're not upset with me. Martin, I'm not your friends. I'm your creator. Everything you are, I wanted you. And you may be in a mess now, but I see you at the end of this. You, 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 you may have filed bankruptcy, but that doesn't mean your financial life is over. Just stick with it. Don't eat a gun. Don't be mad at people. Okay, watch this now. You're already there, waiting. Next one. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me. <laughs> oh! Da, da, da. You mean when I'm in my darkest place? It's not darkness to you? What kind of God is this? I know it's dark because I'm here. <laughs> you're telling me it's not dark because you're here. You may barely have your snoot above water. Just surviving the flood, that's all you can do. You're treading water and you don't understand it's God that's holding you up in the middle of it all. Okay, this is it's getting, it's getting ready to be gooder, gooder, gooder right here. Good. This is getting ready to be honey bun with, with a slice of cheese on top in the microwave right here. Read it. Come on. What did he do? You made my spirit before you made my body. And when you shaped my spirit, come on, when you shaped my spirit, you planned my life. Satan got involved after this, but I planned a perfect life for you, Martin. I knew who your mom and dad would be. I needed you in the color skin I gave you. I wanted you to live in Mississippi. It was all a plan. Everything you are is perfect to me. I built you this way and everybody you see, I built them that way. Everybody you see is perfect. They're exactly what God wanted. But you built me inside, then you put me in this. I'm not this. I just need this. Watch this. Come on. What did you do? You formed me. Go back. You formed me. I thank you. Next verse. Watch this. Body and soul. I am. I'm marvelous. I'm marvelous. I'm marvelous. Can we take a pause? Write that. Get your phone out. Get your phone out, dude. Get your phone out, girl. Get your iPad out. Reverse that camera. Take a picture of yourself and post it. I am fabulous. Everything about me is fabulously made. My body is perfect. Everything I am. I'm, some people are really doing it. Take a picture right now. Tell your husband, get over here, boy. Take a picture. Say, we are fabulous. Where are you at? I'm in a crazy church. I might not come back, but these people are nuts. So I worship in adoration. What a celebration. Next verse. Here it goes. Here it goes. You, watch him. You know me inside and out. How come people going to hide from God? I'm going to do this in the dark like God can't see it. You know me inside and out. You know every bone. You know exactly. I just read this to you and told you why you were looking at me like this. There it is. You were made from nothing. When God made me, he broke the mold. You don't know God. He has no molds. 
You are an individual. You know exactly how? Oh, did we get to that? Okay. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Next verse. Thank you so much. Here it is. Like an open book. The days. Read the last verse. Be part. The days. Read it again, sugar lump. So what exactly are you worried about? I mean, for real. What are you really worried about? If every day God planned for you before he made you, go into every exam with confidence. Face every conflict. If you're negotiating, God is in the negotiating meeting with you. If you're proposing, take God with you. In all the things you do, Make sure God is there. He's planned every day for you. You're not in any place you are in accidentally. Because he wrote a book on you. Your thoughts, how rare. Beautiful God, I will never comprehend them. You can take that down now. Psalms 39 proves that before he put you in your body, God wrote a book. Every appointment, every assignment, everything you're supposed to experience, he already created it. Now, why would I give my life to God? Why would I give my life to God? Why would I even do it? Why would I even consider it? The simple answer is, he already has your life. He already wrote it. He already planned it. But in order for you to live in the life he planned, you have to receive him as Lord of your life. You have to receive him as Savior of your life. And then you can begin to experience the life he set for you to experience.